0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another future-focused weekly update. I am Christopher Lind, and I'll be talking through some of the latest of the things that are happening at the intersection of business, technology, and the human experience, and some of the things that just have been rolling around my mind. Um, This week is a little bit interesting because I've been off, technically off work for the last couple of weeks, so I'm just coming back, but with that extra time off, I had a little more time than I usually do to read some of the things that are going on, do a little more study, a little more reflection, a little more thought on this. So I'm coming back with three big topics for today. The first one is I'm actually gonna be revisiting one. And by the way, before I get into it, For those of you who watch or listen to this, if there are topics that are top of mind for you or you come across something and you go, I'd be really curious your thoughts on it, feel free to message me on LinkedIn or comment or things like that. Share it with me and I will absolutely add it to the queue. Okay, so with that, the three things this week, I'm actually going to be revisiting one that I talked about, I think it was two or three weeks ago, which I had shared a little bit about this rise in companies using ai to sniff job applicants out and i'm going to t- i'm not going to talk necessarily about that so much more so the response that i've seen to some of that and my thoughts on how people are responding to it on both ends of the spectrum the other one is like i said i was off and i spent some extra time really digging into what's happening with robotics, and there's one area I'm going to focus on specifically that I think is extremely interesting. If you're not following it, it's worth at least putting some attention on and thinking about. And then the third one is a big one. It's transhumanism, and this is tied to some of the deeper things going on with both the hardware and software side of the world and what it means for us on a human level. These are big topics I do try and keep this short, so I'm not going to get into all of this. I may end up doing a longer version episode sometime in the coming future where I'll dig in a little bit deeper, but I at least want to put this out there for you to be thinking about, hear kind of my thoughts on it, and even just maybe make you aware of some things that you weren't aware is happening right now. So starting with the AI job sniffing, as a very brief recap, there is a rise in companies using artificial intelligence to try and detect... Whether or not job applicants are using AI to fill out their job application or using it to assist in doing any of the writing for some of that stuff. If you're curious, my thoughts specific to that, you can go back and listen to Weekly Update, I think from three weeks ago. Check that one out because I had some reactions there. But what was interesting, and the reason I'm revisiting this was it ended up, my thoughts on this ended up getting picked up by LinkedIn News which ended up blasting it out to a whole bunch of people. And I had more comments than I could even keep up with on the topic from a very diverse range, which was really interesting to see people's reaction to this idea of one company's responding and trying to vet and exclude people who'd used AI, but then also the people who took a very, let me see how to put this diplomatically, aggressive approach to People, The idea of people using artificial intelligence to help them in their job search and job activity stuff. So there were a bunch of responses to this all over. I really want to focus on the ones where people had this literally visceral reaction to the idea that people would... Even the suggestion that people are using artificial intelligence... To do this job application. And the number of people that said things like people are cheating and they're, it really actually bothered me a lot in that as I've talked to people who are doing now. Okay. To be clear, if you are misrepresenting yourself, if you are somehow gaming the system, which I guess could be used very diversely, that is very different than using an AI tool to maybe help you craft like a description for the job you're using or to automate some of these very bureaucratic forms that you're filling out. But people responded like using technology to help you with that was cheating. Now, if you're in that camp, I am really going to push back on your thinking about this because we, first of all, one, if you're in charge of managing people and your attitude is anyone who is using technology to help them be more efficient and more effective, and you're somehow holding on to this idea that the old-fashioned way of doing it, anything other than that is cheating. I would really challenge you to reflect on that and go, you know what? I need to maybe change my attitude about this. Because the reality is we don't lambast our tax people or someone in finance because they're no longer doing long-form division, on a piece of paper. In fact, you might question your decision about using that tax person if they literally have a notepad out and are long-form divisioning all your taxes versus using a calculator. But there is still a lot of this attitude about artificial intelligence that somehow using technology to help, maybe you're not a great writer and you have a lot of thoughts of what you did but you aren't the best at crafting that into a meaningful paragraph. To suggest that someone who's doing that is somehow cheating the system or is violating some sort of ethical boundary, I would really push back against that and say, I think you need to think carefully about this. And you may very much be, well, first of all, that probably has implications into how you treat your team in other areas. But even bigger than this, you need to think about the fact that when is it cheating and when is it innovation? Because I think this is something we're going to have to think about more clearly in the coming years is, all right, so now we're using technology to do some of these things that used to be done by people. And now technology is involved in like, at what point are we crossing a certain line? And I don't have the answer to be completely honest, because I don't think there is a universal answer. So my response and reaction to some of the comments and the things that came through is if your initial reaction to the idea of someone using AI to be better, more effective, more efficient at their job is they're somehow cheating and violating some sort of ethical right, I really would encourage you to really sit on that and maybe go back and think back to some other examples of where would you say someone who's driving a car is somehow cheating because... They aren't walking. Well, no, you'd say that's a better way to do things. Now, if you're using it for unethical purposes, or like I said, the thing with Sports Illustrated, which that's another one of my weekly updates that I did. If you're representing something as I did this or this is me, and it isn't you, like if you ask Chat GPT, hey, write up a thing for a seasoned professional in Project management and it writes it up and you and you don't even bother to look at it and go, is that actually work I've done? Like, did it say things that are even true about me? If you are falsely representing yourself, that is one thing. And I would agree. So I did get into it with a few folks on that, that yes, okay, if somebody is intentionally trying to misrepresent themselves or is you know doing some of these things, I can understand that reaction. But the reality is that is not what the vast majority of people I've encountered and had conversations with are doing. I have friends who have ADHD. I have friends who are dyslexic. I have friends who have done, and it is actually unlocked capabilities where they can explain things with their words, but they really struggle to actually write things down or put things in a narrative format that somebody would read. So being able to do that, I don't think it's setting a good precedent when we go out and we start telling people that they're cheating if they do that. And I think it sets a precedent that all it does is it drives it into the shadows. People start feeling that somehow they're less than or they need to be ashamed if they're using artificial intelligence to do something. And I don't think that's helpful for where we need to go. I think we would be much wiser to say, hey, let's talk about some ethical guardrails. Let's talk about some boundaries of what is an okay behavior or thing to do. And then let's not necessarily worry about, well, okay, did you do it? analog or did you do it digitally? I think we're going to run into a lot more of this. And I think what was most interesting, and then I'll wrap this up because otherwise I'll talk for 25, 30 minutes just on this topic, is we've got a long ways to go. I think if anything, looking at the response to the comments, looking at the way people reacted on just such different spectrums was we've still got some work to do and we've got some work to do in terms of management and the way leaders think about What value do people really bring to a job? Is it their ability to type on a keyboard? Is that really the kind of thing you want them spending their time on? Because that's the kind of thing you're incentivizing when you call someone who uses a technical tool to help them craft something, a cheater, simply because they didn't think up every word and type every word into the keyboard. So I think we just need to be really careful about this. And I think we are just going to be digging into more of it this year. I had a conversation this week where I said the technology moved extremely fast last year. If you watched last week's weekly update, I talked about the fact that there's definitely potential for us to have that kind of pace again next year if quantum computing and clean energy take off. But if not, we in some ways have hit the ceiling of what the technology can do. Now we're into that stage of adoption and this is where the rubber meets the road. And I think we are just beginning to see some of the flare ups and the conflicts that we're going to run into as people are starting to think about, well, what really is acceptable use? What is not acceptable use? all these different things. So I'm going to stop there because this will probably be a theme that my thinking will mature. And if there are certain use cases that you think about that you'd be curious, because for me, I look at it on a very individual level and go, okay, what are we really talking about here? You know, What is someone doing before we decide is AI good or bad for this? So more to that as we go throughout the year. So let's move on to the next one. Which is the topic of robotics. And what got me going on this was somebody sent me a link to Tesla's new Optimus 2. And they said, Have you seen this and what are your thoughts? Curious, you know, where you think this is going. And so in December, mid-December, I think December 12th, something like that. So it's it's extremely new. So if you haven't seen it, you're not alone. But they released a video of Optimus which is now on gen 2 which which is basically a humanistic looking robot kind of creepy looking it's like this white thing with this black face shield and it look i mean if you saw it walking down the street you might move to the other side of the road and be wondering what that thing's going to do so it is a little creepy i'll admit that but i was looking at it from a this is now generation 2 And so I spent, like I said, I've been off for a bit. I took a little bit of time digging into, well, how far has this progressed? Because Gen 1 just came out in 2023 as well. So we're on two generations. So I was curious, one, how far have we come in less than a year and where is this going? So if you look at this and actually watch the two videos, you look at the different specs and what it can do, there is massive, massive advancement in, far less than a year in where they've come with this, which is surprising because the middle of last year, something like that, I did a response video to one of the big uh, AI names and their kind of conversation on diary of a CEO. And they were talking about robotics and they thought their prediction then was, you know, we've got years before we're really gonna have to deal more with kind of these autonomous robotic things. And watching how quickly Optimus Gen 1 has moved to Gen 2 and the differences. Last year, early to mid last year, I was kind of in alignment with, yeah, I think we got some time before we get to robotics and we really have to do this. I don't know that I'm sticking to that anymore as I've seen how quickly it has advanced in six to nine months. Um, To give some examples of this, and they may sound small, but I don't think we fully, I think we vastly underestimate how complex certain things are. So if you look at this, you know, some of them are well it walks faster, it walks more natural, its balance is significantly better. Those are all significant advancements but pretty straightforward. One of the ones that really stood out to me though that I went holy crap, that is an extremely complex thing to have a machine go from this to this. And you may well, I may tell you this and you go why that kind of So it was in its dexterity And what I mean by that is the complexity of its hands to be, when you think about a human, it's insane that we can crush something and then we can also hold something as delicate as a feather and be able to sense it and move it and and navigate it without breaking it. You know, We can handle these very delicate things, yet at the same time can completely crush things. And if you look at generation one, it did not have that. It was one of those, like, you probably wouldn't want to, like, shake hands with Gen 1 and crush. (laughs) Probably wouldn't have much of a hand left type of a thing. Gen 2, though, it shows it working with an egg. And when you think about an egg and your ability to crack, and that is significant in terms of what it can do. And so when you start to think, wow, in less than 12 months, this thing went from, yes, it had hands it could grab to now it has the dexterity of being able to take something extremely delicate and fragile, yet also being able to go pick up, you know, I mean, as a somebody who lifts weights, I think about the fact that I know how hard it takes I have to grip to deadlift. It takes extreme grip strength to be able to lift that bar up and not drop the thing. But I would never touch my 12-month-old daughter's hand or foot with that kind of grip because I'd injure her and I instinctively know how to do that as a human. It's very natural. We don't think much about it, but as a robot to have that kind of sensor and be able to distinguish that is a significant advancement. So looking at that and watching how this goes, I definitely am changing where I think my kind of trajectory on when do I think we're going to start seeing robotics in the near term, you know, yes, there's a lot of talk. I did a lot of stuff and I'll probably put it in a future weekly update and kind of autonomous vehicles, some of these other things that we're seeing grow. But the idea of a robotic pseudo human assistant, I think we're much closer to it than people realize. And it being able to do some very complex yet important tangible things. So what does that mean? I mean, if you ask me, hey, are we going to see Rosie from the Jetsons you know, in 2024? Or is a robot going to show up at your door and go, come with me if you want to live? Like, I don't think we're there, but I do think we're much closer to it. And I would not be surprised if in 2024, we start to see robots doing a lot more human activity than we thought we would be seeing in the near term. Which, to be quite honest, I have mixed feelings about it. I'm waiting to see where it goes this year. I'm also waiting to see how people choose to apply it because just like artificial intelligence, you can say it's good or bad, but that's a foolish conclusion to come to. It's like, well, what are you planning on doing with it? How are we going to use these things? Obviously, if we use an Optimus 3, strap it full of military-grade fighting equipment and send it into you know, whatever. Well, that's very different than... Hey, it's now something that can assist at a nursing home to help take care. There's just different applications, and so I'm really curious to see where this goes. But all that to say, absolutely fascinating. I am going to talk. I'm going to tie this one into the transhumanism thing because that's what's coming next. But very interesting. Curious to see. I don't know. Uh, you know, anybody watching, listening, if there's other examples. you've seen, be sure to share them. But those were the two that I really took a deep dive into over the past couple of weeks to see how is this changing and where are we at? Now, that takes me to number three, which is this whole idea of transhumanism. Now, I want to define this first because transhumanism means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And at its most baseline definition, when we're talking about transhumanism, we're basically saying anytime we're actively augmenting us as a human being to make us something more than we are just by default. So then that opens a whole lot of gates to things and you're like, well, what that could be, you know, a computer, or the fact you have Zoom, you can talk to people across, you can't do that. any. It's like, yes, but where I think I start to look at it is from a medical side and where are we actually augmenting our physical bodies with things? Where are we? Physically implanting or augmenting things with technology to make us, you know, fix things that are broken or make us something bigger than maybe we were really intended to do. And this is something that is moving quickly and in some interesting directions. Now, I have, again, similar to robotics, I have some mixed feelings on this. I think there's some really powerful, incredible ways that this can move us forward I also have some concerns. So, I mean, some examples of this for those who may be going, what are you talking about? Are we talking about the matrix here? Well, maybe not right now. But, you know, if you look at like AI cochlear implants that can help someone who can't hear, we can implant something that then allows them to hear. I mean, that's a pretty incredible innovation to be able to make the deaf be able to hear. Um, And something else that I just spent a little bit of time going down the rabbit hole with was there is a lot of work happening right now around implanting. And I know that as we watch 2024, there's going to be a whole lot more of this of where can we implant a chip into someone's brain to be able to allow them to interact directly with a computer so that they can do a number of different things. Now, there's a lot of talk about Neuralink, which is another Tesla avenue. Synchron is a company that I think is a little further along in this. But the bottom line is it's going to be a rapidly growing area of focus I'm confident of in 2024 as we start to explore, okay, what if we could control things with our minds through technology, And, you know, if you look into the Neuralink one, there's stuff all over the map on this because Musk got FDA approval for human testing with some implants that had some very uh, questionable results at best. And so this is one of those ones that, again, I have mixed feelings on because I go, how far is too far and how fast is too fast? And will we end up, you know, will this be what it's promising to be. Is this where it's going? And that's where I don't know how to react at because I'm like, is there enough there that this is legit? Is this going to be another Theranos? Which if you don't know what that is, look up Theranos, the blood testing thing that was all just one big scam. It was a big fraud. They said, oh, well, look at all this stuff we can do. It was just a smoke screen. And so I don't know if we're, there's enough things that we're looking at that I'm watching right now that are legitimate that I go, okay, there's enough here but there's then you start looking at this like brain mapping and being able to connect your brain to a computer type of thing that you go, uh, you know, how far can we really push this? And is, how much of this is smoke and mirrors and marketing? And how much of this is now we've actually cracked some of these things and it can start to move forward. Now, the reason that I have more mixed feelings about this is the fact that when you, and, and this again, this is what I do when I have too much time on my hands. I just ended up going back and looking at some of the most interesting innovations we've had in human history and what was done to make those innovations happen. And the unfortunate, consistent theme in that is that oftentimes when we're trying to pursue innovation too fast and push it too far before we're ready, is usually the people that are taken advantage of in that are the most vulnerable. And they're often exploited to get us there. And that's why I bring up the Neuralink thing with Musk, where there's these questionable results on, I mean, a lot of the test subjects died in the early things and they move forward with human testing. And so you look at that and go, hey, like, should we make sure that we're not killing things before we start messing around with people? And if we really thought through, like, where is this gonna go? Because when I think about this, and I think this is something that we're going to need to think a lot more about the ethics and morality of what we're doing as we step into this next generation of technology, because I don't think, you know, as we go back to the robotics point two, I mentioned this uh, probably was several months ago. It was kind of in an off, went down a rabbit hole, but just was talking about at the time And this is how fast technology has moved. It probably was six months ago. At the time, it still seemed like a bit of a pipe dream that you'd be able to, you know, get enough data about somebody to create in essence, like a GPT in in essence of someone, if you're familiar with the GPTs, like to be able to create one of someone that seems like it's the actual person so that you could then put it in. And I mentioned this growing up in a funeral home, you know, somebody would probably pay money to, create a GPT, but it actually turns out it's like, you can talk to your dead relative and you know, it, it, it's nostalgic and it makes you feel like they're still there type of a thing. But now with this whole transhumanism, Neuralink stuff of diving into the brain, like, I don't think it's that crazy anymore to say, because what my big pushback to it was for us to really get that far, you'd have to have a lot of data on people to create anything that even remotely accurately resembled them. If you didn't, you know, the GPT I've trained on my content, if you talk to it, if you actually know me, you'd be like, yeah, that's not him. That's AI. If you didn't, you might be fooled. But as you start getting into this transhumanism stuff and being able to actually connect someone's brain to a computer, suddenly that, well, we just don't have enough data on this person, variable or barrier disappears. And then you go, well, what kind of door are we opening up with that then? Going back to the robotics, like, is it, Unreasonable if they crack this code to then think, how far off are we before we start offering somebody? You know, I know your body's like all broken. You were in a car accident. You have all this. What if we just downloaded your consciousness into a robot and you kind of just transferred over to a metal frame instead of this meat sack that you're in right now, which still sounds a lot like science fiction. And I think where things are today, it's more science fiction than reality. But some of these transhumanism experiments that are happening right now are definitely laying the groundwork for some of this stuff now I'm not going to get into all the ethics and my perspective and all the you know worldview side of things in this conversation <coughs> excuse me I, <coughs> I wanted to add it more this week to keep you aware that this kind of stuff is moving forward <coughs> and moving forward faster than even I had anticipated. And I'm spending all my time in this space. So if you're listening to this, you may be going, is this for real? Like, is this actually something that's going on? And I would encourage you to check it out because there's a lot of this stuff happening where we're looking at augmenting people with technology. And this goes beyond, hey, you know what? We can give you a titanium hip socket and that'll, you know, take care of your hip replacement type of thing. It's different than that. When you start dealing with people's brains, their psyche, their consciousness and how that works do I see tremendous potential for good going back to the cochlear implant? I mean, the ability to give somebody who can't hear the ability to hear or somebody who can't see the ability to see, or someone who's paralyzed, the ability to control a, you know, arm, leg, a a body. I mean, it's, it's interesting to consider, but I think we need to be careful and think, but what are the bigger implications of all of this and who is, potentially being exploited to test this because all this stuff doesn't just happen. It has to happen to someone. There's a lot of anybody who's been around innovation knows there's a lot of failures that go into success. So how is all of that happening? Who's involved? How do we do that? I think it's something we're going to need to keep a close eye on. I know I'm spending a lot of time thinking about this. And again, as I went down the rabbit hole over the break, There were no shortage of long nights laying in bed when I couldn't fall asleep as I was going, well, if this, then this, then what about this? And what would we do about this? And what can we do to stay in front of that? So there you go. There's a little bit of food for thought for you this Friday as you go into the weekend or whenever you end up listening to this. And uh, I think that's all I've got this week. So I'd encourage you to subscribe and follow if you aren't already. And uh, you can kind of stay abreast on what's going on. Uh, alongside me. And again, be sure to share any things that you come across that make you go, what is this? Or what do you think about this? I'm curious where you think this could possibly go because I love doing this in collaboration with others. So with that, I will call it and I will talk to you next week.